episode of Yahoo Finance Presents. I'm pleased to bring in Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson. Now, Starbucks reported its fiscal third quarter earnings, but also, more importantly, has charted a path forward as COVID-19 has disrupted retail. Kevin, welcome. Good morning, Julia. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Always great to be with you. Um, one of the things that you talked about in the earnings report was this business recovery and that you all are seeing the adverse uh, effects from COVID-19 start to moderate meaningfully. I think there's a lot of interest here because you all have more than 32,000 stores. What are you starting to see, Kevin? Well, you know, as we went through the early stages of the COVID-19 spread, you know, you remember back in late March that we took a decision to close our stores, prioritize the safety and, and well-being of our Starbucks partners and the customers we serve and partner with government and local health officials to, to mitigate the virus and to show up in the communities that we serve in a thoughtful and responsible way. During that phase, you know, we made significant investments that came through in this quarter. We invested in economic certainty so that we paid all of our Starbucks partners, whether they worked or not. We uh, gave free coffee to the frontline healthcare workers that were working in service of others. And, uh, you know, and we built this, the safety protocols that allowed us to then begin to reopen our stores. Now, that was an important period because those investments I view as long-term brand investments. We built trust. We built trust with our partners that, you know, in times of adversity, we're going to do the right thing. We put people over profit and we took care of them. We took care of the safety of our customers. We showed up in our communities. And that allowed us, when we began to reopen stores, to introduce these new store protocols that allow us to provide experiences that customers want, which are safe, familiar, and convenient. And that means things not only drive-through, but mobile order for pickup, uh, you know, contactless pickup at the front of the store. We're now launching curbside. We basically have taken those protocols and woven them into the fabric of how we operate. And so we can adapt to whatever COVID-19 throws at us now. If we need, if, if COVID-19 is, is in a certain city or market, yeah, the curve is flattened and reducing, we can slowly turn up the dial and open up more customer experiences. If there's a resurgence in a certain market, we can slowly turn back the dial and help contain that resurgence. And we now have operationalized that in over 32,000 stores around the world. A number of things to, to dig into. Kevin, I know you're no stranger to disruption. You have deep technology roots, um, having been at Juniper Networks, the CEO there, also uh, many years at Microsoft. So you understand disruption as it relates to technology and just how businesses adapt what does the new reality look like, uh, not even just for Starbucks, but maybe even broadly for the category, and how are you adapting? Yeah, well, clearly, uh, COVID-19 has, has disrupted you know, all of our worlds, personally and professionally, and it really is reshaping consumer behavior in some very significant ways, you know, some of which will, will, will shift slightly, perhaps after a vaccine is available. But for the near future, and I think for the next decade, we're gonna see uh, consumer behavior seek out things that are familiar, things that are convenient. And at the same time, as, as the vaccine is available and there's more therapeutics, as humans, we still want that third place connection. So what we've done is we basically are driving a strategy to now build uh, a, some different store formats that are very complementary to the traditional Starbucks store. 
Now, we've been doing this for uh, the last seven years in suburban markets. We've complemented the third place experience in our stores with drive-through. But in urban core markets, we haven't had the equivalent of a drive. Drive-throughs are not relevant in an urban core market. There's not people going through drive-throughs. So what we created was a walk-through. And we call this a Starbucks pickup store. It's a much smaller footprint, you know, requires us to deploy less capital, but yet we still create all the same beautiful handcrafted beverages and food items. But if you as a customer want that need state of convenience, either, you know, during COVID or post COVID, uh, you just over order on your mobile app and it's walkthrough and you're off to school or to work. And so we're gonna blend these Starbucks pickup stores with traditional Starbucks stores so that we can meet the varying need states of consumers. Yeah, a couple of things to even dig in there. Um, just the basic morning routine, the commutes, uh, you know, the shutdowns. Uh, we're, we're pretty uncertain as to what school might look like in the future. So what do you think changes um, maybe in the near term and longer term as it relates to just the customer routines and how do you even think about the footprint where you want your stores? And you were kind of highlighting what the stores of the future might look like, the Starbucks pickup, for example. Yeah, well, if you think, uh, you know, many people are still working from home and schools aren't open. You know, a lot of that morning peak was traffic where people are on their way to school or on their way to work. Now, we still have a morning peak, but what we're seeing is some of that peak has shifted from, you know, let's say 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. to a 10.30 occasion. So people might get up, they might get dressed, they might do some of their work, and then they go down and they have their Starbucks experience. We're finding that those same customers then oftentimes come back in the afternoon. So instead of the one morning peak transaction, what we're seeing is oftentimes it's multiple, you know, it might be two visits in, in the same day. We also see a shift, you know, instead of that store being closer to where they work, maybe in an urban core market, it's maybe closer to where they live. And, uh, and so there's a little bit of a shift of what stores customers visit. Certainly the mobile app is, has, has just been a very powerful uh, asset for, for Starbucks. You know, we've, we've had, you know, we've got tens of millions of customers have it downloaded. We had, what, 19, over 19 million active rewards members in the prior quarter. That declined a little bit this quarter, but we actually had 3 million new customers download the app and sign up for rewards. And so the use of that mobile app, uh, there's maybe some shift in, in timing when customers come into our stores. Uh, they are ordering more items when they come in. You know, I, I think maybe they're buying for their whole family or they're you know, they're going to they're going to make someone's making a Starbucks run to bring back for their family. So those are sort of the behavioral uh, changes that we see in, in the customer base. Yeah, it's interesting. You just referenced the Starbucks Rewards app. I did notice it declined to 16.3 in the quarter, but you just mentioned three million new downloads. That's pretty incredible, Kevin. Um, digging further on the importance of the app, sounds like these folks tend to spend more, maybe more of the tender within the stores used on the app. And how are you thinking about even evolving that program and bringing even more people on? Because that sounds like digital is the real advantage here. Yeah, the digital asset is a very powerful one. And I think I said three years ago on an earnings call that the two transformative elements of modern day retail are the customer experience you create in your brick and mortar establishment and then extending that customer experience to a digital mobile relationship. And that's exactly what we've done. Now, as you pointed out, the active rewards members declined to 16.3 million. But if you think about that, active rewards members are defined, uh, you know, using it over a 90-day period. And we were closed a good portion of that 90-day period last quarter. So 
What we've actually seen is an increase in rewards members. And because, because Starbucks was closed the month of April, we saw a de decline in the active rewards members simply because they couldn't use their mobile app because we were closed. But that uptick is now, has now recovered and is on a good path as we exited the quarter and into this quarter. So continuing to build the rewards program, more app downloads, more rewards customers. And we just announced we're now uh, opening up Starbucks Rewards where you can pay with whatever vehicle you want to pay with, whether it's cash, your debit card, credit cards, and certain uh, digital payment. Uh, and, and, and that's going to complement the current model where uh, customers pay with their stored value card. That's going to bring more and more customers into the reward system. You and I have often talked about um, human-centered design, HCD, um, agile workflows, innovation, those sorts of things. I would be really curious how Starbucks, uh, in this kind of remote environment we're all in, is continuing to embrace human-centered design and think yeah. about innovation, and what are you all deploying as it relates to that? Well, you know, it's, it's actually more important today than ever because when you have, you know, when you have a disruption like this that is gonna, is gonna reshape consumer behavior, your ability to really focus on human-centered design, understand that behavior, understand the reasons behind it is more important today than ever. And so all of the foundation that we've, we've laid in terms of how we innovate at Starbucks is serving us so well right now. You know, how has it helped us in this downturn? Well, that human-centered design the work we do in our trier center helped us come up with all of the things, whether it's the plexiglass screens for, for partners to be safe, the hand washing procedures, the safety protocols in our stores. It has now helped us figure out curbside. You know, we're now launching curbside in 700 to 1,000 stores across the country. We've never had that before. It's built into the app. You place your mobile order. And if you don't want to put your mask on and go in the store, you pull in in front curb and you push a little button that says, I'm here. And Friendly barista wearing a green apron will run out and provide you your food and beverage. So all of those things are examples of human-centered design serving as well. Now I will comment too. I'm today I'm happen to be in the office to, to do a few things related to the earnings call. But here in uh, in our main support center, Seattle Support Center, where uh, Starbucks is headquartered, we have maybe 4,000 partners that work out of this building. They're all working from home. But there's about 100 to 200 of those partners that are downstairs right now in the Trier Center continuing to innovate and continuing to drive what we need to drive. So we figured out how to, with masks and socially distancing and all the things, to have our innovators still be able to come in here to the building and create all the great things that serve our stores and serve our partners in the stores. Yeah, you just mentioned safety protocols. And when you just look at the DNA um, and the core of Starbucks, it's always been a company about making a stand for something. and. You all were the first company to come out and make it a requirement to wear masks, even in markets where there wasn't a government mandate. Kevin, why was that such an important decision for you all to make? And can you kind of give us the backstory behind that decision? Because others have now followed. Many other big retailers have followed you all. Well, Julia, we when we reopened stores in early May, we required all Starbucks partners working in those stores to wear masks. Why? Because we've partnered with the CDC and you know, everything we've done, we've worked to not only meet, but try and exceed CDC standards. And we knew that we know that masks work. We know that that helps contain the spread of virus. So when we reopened stores, we required our partners to wear masks and we respectfully requested that customers coming into our stores also wear masks. And many did. But as, you know, as we started seeing the resurgence in some markets of, of COVID-19, 
uh, and you know certain states now mandating it. We knew this was inevitable. That uh, you know, as citizens, we have a responsibility to to contribute in a positive way to containing, mitigating the virus. And as a business, we also have a responsibility. And so, as a company that puts people over profit, we just decided that we're going to require customers in our stores to wear masks as well. That ensures a safe experience for our partners who are serving them as well as the customers, other customers that come into the stores. And so we did that. We were one of the first to do that. And, you know, clearly, uh, you know, that everyone is now following that. And it's candidly, it's because it works. And so if it's something we can do that contributes in a positive way to mitigating the spread of this virus, we're going to do it. Yeah. Before I let you go, you just mentioned people um, investing in people over profits, which you all clearly did in the quarter. Even, um, you know, it, it led to a bigger, not a, I guess it, it contributed to the loss that was posted during the quarter. But you, you mentioned um, some of the longer term effects of that and building trust with your partners. And I'm kind of hearing from you, Kevin, uh, even though we're going through this, you know, this unprecedented disruption, I'm hearing some signs of optimism, maybe even some green shoots. And because you all are so global and you have a reach in China, and I noticed there are some upbeat news coming out of there as it relates to openings. If I could step back for a minute, what is it that kind of gives you the optimism? Where are you seeing the green shoots? And uh, how do you see that kind of playing out maybe in the year to come or even years to come? Well, first of all, I, I'm very proud of how all my Starbucks partners have shown up during this period. You know, we. We did put people over profit, and uh, you know, we when we closed stores, we did it because we wanted to provide a safe experience for our partners and our customers. We provided economic certainty to our partners, free coffee to frontline healthcare workers, all of those things. You know, at times of adversity, values matter, and you demonstrate your values through your actions. And uh, I'm proud of of everything that uh, that Starbucks and my partners have done throughout this period. By doing that, it builds trust. Trust with our partners, trust with our customers, trust in the communities we serve. Now, I have the privilege of looking at leading indicators. I look at data around our customer connection scores. They are at an all-time high. That is a function of the trust we have built. I look at data on brand affinity. The Starbucks brand is stronger than ever coming out of this. And so I see the brand affinity. I see the customer connection scores. And certainly, I look at market share. And of course, in the month of April, I look at it every month. Month of April, we were closed. So I kind of have to discount that month. Month of May, we were flat on market share, but month of June, we gained market share. So I see as we're coming out of this, uh, customer connection scores are strong, the brand is strong, and we are gaining share. That's what gives me optimism. And I know we have woven these store protocols and operating procedures throughout the fabric of the company and into distributed leadership model my Starbucks partners, they know how to, if they can turn the dial up in a market, they will. If they need to turn it back, they will. We can navigate whatever COVID-19 throws at us right now, and we're going to drive the recovery. Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Julia.